to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me as always, Patty. Adam, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm excited about today's guest. Um, I've known him for several years. He's no stranger to the Decision Hour. We've had him on the show uh, a couple years ago. And uh, he's agreed to come back and join us again today. He is a uh, Marine Corps veteran, uh, an entrepreneur, an author, and all around just a great guy to talk to. Um, so I'm gonna, without further ado, Patty, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring him on right now, Mr. Sean Jensen. Sean, how you doing? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. So really, good. hey, I'm, well, thanks for having me back on the show again. It's uh, always good to talk to you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Sean, I, I think you, Patty came on a little over a year ago now and her and I, have we've, we've had a blast together and we've accumulated a lot more listeners since the last time you were on the show. Why don't you tell our new listeners that don't know who you are a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm a Marine Corps veteran and entrepreneur and recently, about, uh, I guess, four years ago, I decided to uh, share my story starting a CEO, which is, I, I, if I recall correctly, that was what kind of attracted uh, your attention uh, to me in the first place. I'm, uh, so I'm author of the book, Starting a CEO of Foster Kids Lessons in Family, Fidelity, and Financial Success. So, you know, I've been, uh, I'm really kind of a behind the scenes guy, but uh, it's, kind of hard not to stay off the uh, spotlight these days. We've had a, a pretty good uh, string of success, successful events, and and uh, now heading into my 18th year in business as an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, my story, uh, you know, itself uh, sort of begins when, you know, I was a foster kid and uh, was abandoned very young, as you might remember. And and uh, ended up being adopted and leaving home and then joining the Marine Corps to go find myself. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of the starting a CEO book and, and, you know, how that starts out and then just kind of transitions about, it's not really a how-to book. It's just, you know, a story as a, as a you know, seafaring person and a Hawaiian and with that kind of a background, you know, we, we'd like to tell our lessons through stories and so, you know, that certainly got us on to the show. And, and uh, you know, Sergeant CEO has kind of become a, I don't know what you want to call it, a cult classic. It's not really a New York Times bestseller. Um, you know, it's more uh, more about, you know, combating life and, and the things that I did, you know, transitioning out of the military and uh, not so military-friendly times. Right. And then uh, starting a business and, and, you know, being successful at it. So, you know, I think from my standpoint, you know, it's come a long way. I, I you know, started a little Facebook page to introduce it, and uh, that's been up for about four years. And uh, I don't know, it just has a small following. I think it was like, I don't know, 42,000 people or something that follow the page. And I just, uh, small, you know, put daily motivation up. Small following, 42,000. That's a yeah. lot, Sean. That's a, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I did, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not really counting, you know, but uh, I, I think that there's room for, you know, people like me in the world who uh, you just have a different perspective. 
you know, I, I call it the camouflage approach to life where, uh, you know, I'm hiding right in plain sight and half the time they miss me coming and going. So um, I kind of enjoy that part of it, the anonymity. But, um, yeah, so, you know, here we are again. Obviously, you heard that we had a pretty big win um, with one of our federal contracts uh, uh, most recently, uh, probably one of the largest veteran-owned, uh, serviceable veteran-owned business or company business wins uh, in the federal government in the construction category. Okay. And uh, so we're pretty stoked about that. And, and, and congratulations uh, on that again. That's a, that's a huge win. Um, and I was just going to ask. So obviously, you are you are a, a is it a contractor or is it a general contractor? Is that the correct terminology? Correct me if I'm wrong. But you do con- um, you do yeah. contract yeah, work. So you you know, a contracting company. Go ahead. You own a contracting company of construction. Yes. Yes, that's correct. I mean, what we do mostly, uh, you know, we work a lot with uh, DOD and and various acronyms um, across the board and and. And for the past 18 years, we've been uh, working across the world, um, whether it's uh, uh, throughout the United States, Hawaii, Alaska, Puerto Rico, St. Croix, um, Afghanistan, uh, Canada, Cuba. <laughs> we've been around, so uh, just quietly uh, making our mark on the planet. And uh, it's been exciting. So, you know, mostly we do general construction, and then we have a division that does environmental cleanup. And then we have uh, another section of the company that does advisory services for uh, Army and Air Force medical programs across the country. So it's uh, about sitting around, I want to say, uh, as of today, we're about 85 people. Wow, that's awesome. So I have yeah. a question. Um, when when did you start contracting? And when did you say in your mind that that was something that you wanted to do and um, tell us what happened when you found out that you won this big contract with the government. Well, you know, for me, when I was, uh, uh, my last duty station was Quantico Marine Corps base. And as a Sergeant, um, you know, I was slated to go to the rifle range and teach weapons. But, uh, when I was overseas in Japan, I, I, uh, started learning about hazardous materials and chemicals and, uh, and just the, you know, the requirements uh, that were all the regulations. And I really found that exciting in the emergency response aspect. So at my last duty station, I uh, talked with the uh, career planner and, and got a lat move on my own and basically <laughs> uh, ended up going over to seeing the commanding officer of the in environmental uh, resources uh, division of base and like a job interview. And I came in and, Told him and said, hey, you know, uh, I've been around the world. I've done a lot of cool things, but, you know, this is the career I want to follow on the outside. And and uh, as uh, interviews go, he, you know, he asked me, you know, what my goal was. I think I had a couple years left in the core at that time. And I told him that, you know, I, I wasn't planning on reenlisting and that I was, you know, going to start a career as a, you know, civilian. I'd recently been married and, and you know, just was ready to go, ready to, you know, I mean, I joined right out of high school. So, um, you know, did a six year run in the Corps and, and then, uh, an active duty. And then, you know, so this guy hired me and what I didn't know is that he was also, uh, he was a VMI grad 
And uh, me and him were the two only green suits in the office, and the rest were civilians. So that's sort of how I learned, uh, you know, about contracting and, and dealing with uh, uh, government officials and, and learning how projects worked and, and doing that process. So for two years, um, the major, he would send me over, uh, brief the commanding general, um, try to get me over all these little fears um, that that you have of uh, you know officials that uh, you know that were in high places and and so you know he he put me to work and he trained the heck out of me and and so when I you know left the Marine Corps not only did I actually uh, uh, enjoy my time in but I, I got to learn an incredible uh, an incredible set of skills um, a lot of it was just learning about people and and understanding that there was a career uh, after service. And in my case, um, when I exited, I actually didn't do that well. I mean, um, I realized real quickly that uh, uh, sergeants without a college degree uh, don't make a lot of money. So in my case, I went to work for a uh, construction company making, I want to say like 13 bucks an hour. I was excited about it. And, uh, and I took that Marine Corps attitude and just did everything uh, they told me to do. And by the time I was done with them after like three years, I was running $68 million worth of uh, Getty Petroleum uh, projects across uh, the, the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area doing all the field work. And I was only making $14 an hour. Go <laughs> figure. Um, they got a deal out of me. Um, then after that, you know, I kind of uh, – uh, got, the company hit some hard times and uh, got laid off in the middle of winter and, and tried to decide, you know, what my next path was going to be. And, and uh, you know, I knew I had to go up. So I used, you know, the, a kind of a stepping stone mentality. And um, I got a job as an operations manager for a chemical response company. And then um, I got exposed back into the federal government again um, when the after the September 11th attacks happened, um, it was pretty crazy up here in, in D.C., but then there was an anthrax attack um, up there in D.C. You guys might remember the heart oh, yeah. building and all that stuff. So here I am, the only guy that's had any dealings with the federal government, you know, in this private sector hazmat company, and they sent me down there to negotiate um, the emergency response contract that would, you know, help them, um, get onto the job. So we were working with the Capitol police bomb squad units. And then, um, well, my Marine Corps training kicked in and all those, all those meetings that I did with, uh, the major and everything else. So I went down there and I landed these contracts and probably about, I want to say valued at about five or $6 million. Um, over a period of time, and you know, we put down there, I guess, close to 200 people. So not only did I um, write the contract, I negotiated the contract, I managed these 300 or so people. And then I was like, wow, you know, I just, you know, this was, I'm 29 years old and I'm down here running everything. <laughs> so Jeez. I kind of jumped from that and then, uh, you know, kept that in the back of my head. And then shortly after that, uh, it was about 2000, uh, in 2002, I, I went ahead and, and I started what would become Polokai. And so um, 
you know, here I am today using all those techniques, I guess, and, and training and understanding I learned in the, in the Marine Corps. And, and now probably, uh, one of the stronger, you know, veteran owned businesses, uh, in the federal marketplace, I would say, uh, Sean, let me, again, we don't, let me, go ahead. let me, let me ask you when, when you, when you start, excuse me, when you decided to start your company in 2002, did you know that that's where you wanted to go in the federal work with the federal government doing contracting for the federal government? I did actually. I mean, I knew that would be the, the best place to utilize all the skills. I mean, you know, when you think about the acronyms and, and the thousands of pages of, um, you know, government minutiae out there, um, a lot of people get terrified, you know, they'll, you know, they send you a thousand, you know, page contract and, and, you know, basically you're going to give your firstborn to them if you fail. So, but for me, I knew I could do it and I just looked at it and, and, and just realized, you know, what I need to do. So I, I got small jobs. I think my first job I got was like 13,000 and then, uh, I did it myself and I pushed the first drums and, and, uh, my wife was, uh, uh, skeptical, but supportive. Um, you know, it, it took a lot of sacrifice, but I knew that's where I wanted to be. I felt comfortable in that zone. I've also done a lot of private work as well. Um, you know, built 7-Elevens or, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies worked with in the past. But still, for me, I wanted to be able to control my destiny. And the only way to do that was to, you know, open my own business and right. and be my own contractor. What, uh, what advice would you give somebody that is looking that wants to get into that realm and work and do contract work with the federal government? Because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but maybe you can kind of elaborate, like what's the process? I mean, you, like, you know, recently the $2 billion um, contract, it wasn't just handed to you. I mean, there's, there's a process that you have to go through in a pretty lengthy one, if I'm not mistaken. To, no, we, we actually competed against 90 other companies. Uh, 90 other companies. The, yeah. So what? So yeah, can, can you go into a little bit of the, like how does that does that work when you when you say compete? What exactly? You, they they tell you the format of what the what the what the job's going to well, be. Well, they'll put out to, uh, a request for proposal. Okay. I mean, this was certainly something we had been tracking for a long time. Um, contracts of that size are advertised um, out there on the federal uh, business opportunity network or uh, websites. Um, for us, we'd already been working at the, um, national institutes of health is, uh, where we won the contract. We, we previously won a $800 million contract. And let me put that in context for you. Um, so what the government will do is they'll put together, uh, these contracts where they'll whittle down those 90 companies and then they'll put it out there to maybe six or five or 10, uh, qualified companies and then they'll compete for work um on those tasks so i mean while it is sexy the two billion <laughs> i've never signed anything that big until uh recently um i i never really you know thought about it but um but you know it's not guaranteed you still have to earn it which is fine by me because if you if you know what your company is capable of doing right um and you have the confidence but you know, getting back to the beginning, I think 
you, you have to take everything in small chunks, right? Right. So one does not walk in and go compete and win a $2 billion contract, let alone a 3 million or a million and on their first try. Right. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's, there's, let me get, let me put it this way. Um, a lot of times it'll take years before you win your first, you know, government contract. Um, what I always tell people, uh, that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, don't quit your day job, uh, until you're ready to go. And, and, um, what I tell people is that, you know, if you're starting a new business, you know, make sure you have about six months of, um, you know, capital, uh, to pay yourself or pay your bills saved. And then, you know, start small, um, you know, go after the $20,000 jobs. I mean, if you look on these government websites, uh, there's just about, I don't know, anything you can imagine out there, right? Painting fences, mm. uh, mowing grass. I, I like to use the mowing grass, uh, you know, story a lot where, you know, if you're good at something, stick to what you do. And I remember growing up, you know, having a lawn mowing company pushing the lawn around the neighborhood, lawn mower around the neighborhood, but there was somebody in our church, his name was Harold Valentine. And, uh, the story I like to tell is you have like eight kids, you know, lived on a pasture with some cows and in a small house, but old Harold was, you know, um, he was pretty, pretty motivated individual. So, you know, he started mowing lawns for people in the church. And then one year, you know, you drive down the road and all of a sudden you see old Harold, he's got a riding lawn mower and a trailer. And then the next year you see old Harold with, uh, 20 guys and two trailers and pretty soon the guys mowing and doing the landscaping for almost every subdivision and neighborhood in, in, in the County and became very successful because he did, uh, what he knew best and he had the determination, um, to figure it out and end up being a, you know, millionaire in the eighties. But, but that's kind of the approach I've always taken. So, you know, initially I started with the environmental side of the house, and um, did small subcontract jobs um, uh, for various big guys. And then, you know, I connected a lot of the dots and then I started priming projects myself. And, and so, you know, the opportunities out there, um, you just, you got to have the drive and the determination to do it. Um, I think a lot of people have these high expectations that, you know, the work is, you know, if you're a veteran or, or a minority, or in my case, I'm both, you know, native Hawaiian and a, uh, Sarasil veteran, um, that is given to you. And, and I, I think that there's programs out there that certainly will assist you in, in, in getting those, um, getting those starts, right? And the SBA has a number of, uh, loan programs or the VA has the, uh, veterans first contracting program where, um, you register with the VA, your veteran-owned company, and then you're eligible um, once they verify uh, your information, usually DD-214 or, or DD-213, uh, 214, um, and your, uh, or a VA letter. Um, you go through that process, and then that makes you eligible to compete on um, veteran uh, facilities, VA hospitals, or in our case, we just won a a uh, five-year contract to do uh, small projects for uh, the VA North Cemetery. So uh, VA National Cemeteries from 
uh, North Carolina, all the way up to New York. Um, oh, wow. A lot of people don't know. We recently uh, completed some work around the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier uh, on the National Cemetery. Uh, so Polokai, you know, my company, um, we've kind of just kind of used the island hopping uh, technique in the beginning. You know, uh, people wouldn't work with us, so we went where the work was. Right. And then eventually we built a reputation. But it can be done. I mean, there's a lot of successful uh, people out there besides me um, that are vets and, and doing well. But well, how do you get to $2 billion? I will tell you that it, it's, it's the culmination of everything I did at the very beginning. It's, you know, doing those small jobs gaining the experience and stepping my way up as a company. Gosh, I just go ahead, Patty. absolutely love this story because, um, I mean, you started out really rough when you were a kid and, um, went through so many different things and, um, then joining the military sounds like gave you a lot of structure and that family atmosphere that, you know, um, you needed, but hard work is, imperative to get where you are. And I think so many people might just read a headline saying, oh, this veteran, he, he landed a $2 billion, you know, contract with the government, but they don't realize all the hard work that you're pouring into it. And, and and, yeah, so it's just, it's just amazing to me. Well, I I think, I think the, the thing that maybe really turned my life around, you know, when I talked about this in the you know, starting the CEO book was uh, those mentors. I think about Major Mock or uh, when I was a young uh, terminal Lance Corporal. Uh, you know, I think my at that time, you know, the running joke, I had like 24 months time in grade and I'm just a kid, you know. Uh, I just remember that uh, six foot five staff sergeant uh, grabbed me by the back of the neck and said, uh, Do you want to be a leader? <laughs> Like, yeah, sure, that's hard. And, uh, you know, he changed my life in that sense because, you know, when somebody saw something in me that I didn't know existed. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, having those sea uh, daddies, as I might say, uh, come in there and kind of score your way, uh, you know, really assist. And I, and I use that approach, you know, myself with, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that work for me. Um, the rate, you know, age range is from 18 to, you know, 65, right? So you have to have all these different approaches with people. And, and what I try to do here, and I think what, you know, I've always considered our company a very family owned company. I, I still get calls from, uh, people that worked for me 18 years ago saying, tell me their story or how they're doing or they're getting married or whatever. They remember that time that I kind of grabbed them on the back of the neck and, you know, gave them a little shake and said, Hey, you know, let's get our act together here. And, uh, you know, you lose some people along the way too. some people that just, you know, they're not going to conform. But, um, you know, I think with the Sardinus CEO book, it, it was a little, it's a, it's a little different because I think we're, we're kind of behind the scenes when I mean, we got to compete for everything, you know? So we, you know, sometimes we feast and sometimes we famine, but, but I think what, make starting to see a little different is it's, it's not a combat story, right? I mean, I mean, I, we need the combat stories. We need to tell the stories, um, overseas and, and we need to, we need, we need heroes. Um, and we need to recognize those heroes that, you know, for the good work they do. 
But I think my approach with starting a CEO was not so much recognition. Um, I still like going to the grocery store and people not knowing what I do and getting some bananas and going home to my wife. But um, I think I think with the starting a CEO story is really just shows that you can do it, right? So, you know, a lot of people, if you look at the whole federal government and you go, well, it's impossible, right? I mean, how can I work with that? Um, you really have to chunk it, you know, you have to just, it's like, uh, it's like fishing. You gotta, you know, you gotta go in there and, and, you know, use the right bait and, you know, be at the right time and right place and, and then act, you know, and, and that's what a lot of people fail to do. You know? And I, me, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I would be lying to tell you, I wasn't scared to death, you know, sometimes and, uh, in business and that happens. And, you know, when you're thinking about, making payroll every week for, uh, you know, 80 people, or, you know, uh, when you start counting subcontractors and everything else, you've got to pay their, pay your subs and all that. So you're making somebody else's payroll too. So I kind of equate what I do is like being mayor of a small economy, you know, when you're, when you're processing millions of dollars on a daily basis, making sure you're paying your taxes, making sure you got health and medical benefits. It's a lot of responsibility. But if you bring in the right people and, and train them, um, you become a unit. You know, I mean, I think probably right now our company is about 40, 40% of our firm is veterans. So, I, you know, we've given a lot of opportunity to young vets and, and old vets too, you know, for that matter. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really an impact on society. You know, I just, uh, I was excited about the win and, and I know that, you know, from my standpoint to have that opportunity for the next eight years, I look at it more of a sustainable approach where I'm not trying to hit a home run every job. I'm just going out there and doing the job. I got, I got to say, you know, Patty, you know, talking with, with Sean and, uh, you know, over the years and, and just kind of following him, he, the one thing, he's a very humble person and, and, the the advice and his story so many people those of you that are listening uh right now you know i hope you take notes you know go back and and listen to the show again and and take notes because he's 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 got a lot of great tips excuse me um tips that he shares and and sean i gotta tell you i i appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join patty and i and give us an update on what you're doing um, and the advice that you've given, uh, not only to us, but our listeners as well. Um, no, it's, it's my pleasure. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, I wasn't uh, attempting um, to you know, get rich by, by telling my story. That was not the approach. I mean, the approach was simply, I remember transitioning out of the military and been given a two to three day taps class which you know today is still a joke in my mind um <laughs> forgive me dod you'll just have to write me a letter or something but um you know they spent millions of dollars you know to train me you know to to be a weapon right you know uh to shoot to kill to you know kill 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 that was the marine corps way right maybe an amphibious green monster and then i think what happens is that you know, there and nothing wrong with staying in and, and doing your 20, but at the same time, but a lot of guys were just enlisting for that one tour. And then they come back home and they're living with mom and dad or 
you know, or they end up stranded wherever they're, you know, at and uh, made, maybe made some poor life choices or, or didn't make any choices and end up confused as to what to do. And I think for me, there was two critical moments that I remember very well, which was on my return, you know, back to Japan and being stationed in the Marine Corps, I decided that I wanted to change my destiny and I didn't have the fear to do that. So I went in and asked, and you know, what a novel idea, you know, when you think about being in the military, you're told you, you go where uncle Sam goes. Right. Right. And you can't change that destiny. But then again, you don't, if you don't ask, how do you know? Exactly. Right. So I saw something that was more interesting than what I thought, what I was doing and more beneficial. And I looked at the master starting and said, Hey, is it possible I can do this? And you, you never know. And, and so that's where I try to, you know, tell people that if you start planning ahead and, you know, start thinking about it and don't try and do it all in one day, you'll eventually, you know, reach a plateau. And if, I mean, a lot of people don't know about Polokai. I mean, while we've, you know, signed this $2 billion contract, we've, we've probably, if we were to go back in our 18 year history, we've probably captured over 4 billion in opportunities. Um, if you start adding up individual contracts and so, you know, my approach, like I said, was just to, you know, I pay myself a, a decent wage, but it's, it's not ridiculous. You know, I don't, people, when they finally see the money, they, they steal from their companies. And a lot of right. times that's why businesses fail, but I instead invest in my people, I invest in their training and I make them the best that they are so that we can go out there and win those opportunities. And I think that's kind of what separated us, you know, with that Marine Corps, you know, training mindset of being ready. So when the opportunity arrives, that you can go in there and crush it. And that's what Polakai does really well. Nice. Patty, you had another question? Yeah, I just have one more question. How many employees do you have? Um, as of today, I'm, we've, we've had a, new, a lot of new hires this fiscal year end. Actually, we're pretty, we're pretty swamped. Um, we're sitting at, I think, 85 today. Wow, so that's I know amazing. we're gonna. I think we're, we'll probably, when we look at our strategic plan again, we'll we'll probably be around a hundred next year. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Congratulations to you! Yeah, you are you. doing a thank phenomenal you. job. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you guys, and and you know, feel free to, uh, you know, give me a ring anytime. I'll always make time for you guys. Absolutely, Sean. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And you can call us anytime, too. I'm speaking for Adam right now. I know he'll say the same. <laughs> Will do. Um, uh, thank you for having me on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. Folks, that's all the time that we have. Um, want to, again, thank Sean for, for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, to come onto the show with us. Before we let you go, a quick shout out to Heroes Media Group. Uh, our home network, go check them out, all the great shows. You simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Uh, until next time, for Patty, I'm Adam. You've been listening to The Decision Hour.